Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week, I bring you stories that will inspire you, educate you, and give you hope. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. Today, I'm going to title this The Magic Behind the Phoenix Boys Choir, and it has quite the story. Today, my guest is Herbert Washington. He never met his father or older brother, and his mother had schizophrenia. And at the age of seven, he was taken out of South Phoenix by Child Welfare Services and sent to live with an aunt, uncle, and cousins in Tempe. It was a roof over his head, but often not a pleasant experience. Two years later, the family moved to Phoenix, and that's when the world changed for Mr. Washington. Thank you for being here. Please help me welcome my guest, Herbert Washington. Well, thank you for having me, Christine. This is yes. fantastic. I heard you had a fantastic story. And um, the boys' choir, as we talked just before, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to go, and I'm going to go. It's a matter of when I can go, but it's um, more so now I want to make sure that I go because of the meaning behind this. Well, we hope to see you at uh, one of our concerts, You got of some course. coming up, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we've got plenty, yes. So. Um, how does the boys choir and you come together? Because you started out with some rough, rough yeah, patches. Yeah. So, um, well, one, I, I thank and I, I attribute some of, uh, much of my success, especially in the beginning, to my fourth grade music teacher, Mrs. Bransma, who saw a, uh, a young, you know, black boy who loved to be on stage. She was the one who would ask me to sing a part of national anthems and uh, be on stage. I did a Buffalo Bill Cody. I was in Annie Get Your Gun with this red beard. You know, imagine this black kid with a red beard <laughs> on stage. Okay. But I, I think my first love was just always being, you know, in front of people and being on stage. And she recognized that potential and said, you should try out for the Phoenix Boys Choir. And I had no idea what that was, but I knew that um, my upbringing was exactly what I was trying to escape from. Mm. Um, I knew that I didn't want to be uh, around drugs and alcohol. And, you know, I grew up with some pretty rough uh, neighborhoods and pretty rough friends and wanted to, I, I think I've always just had internally this, this, uh, this want for greater good. Mm. And the boys choir gave me that opportunity and avenue to do so. So being at a young age, we mm -hmm. all look to, and I already did your intro as to your background. When we're kids, we're carefree. We depend on the adults to take care of us, to guide us, to protect us, to the list goes on, right? Mm -hmm. We like to look at the positives, the structures, the mentorships. That is the farthest from what you had experienced. That is, uh, that, you know, like I was, so distant from that. Um, growing up, my mother uh, was, as you mentioned earlier, she's a paranoid schizophrenic, and uh, who, is, who is deceased now, uh, about 10 years. But um, at the time, I didn't really, you know, as a kid, you don't understand what that means. But you do know something is different about right. your mother versus other mothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, she would often uh, hear hear voices or see visions and and I didn't really understand those things um, I just know that she was different so um, I my dad wasn't in the picture very much um, I don't remember even to this day what he looks like I remember him being 6'4 he was very tall gentleman my mother is short so that's where I get my short stature from um, but 
I remember that a lot of the things that I needed to uh, do as a young kid that I need to fend for myself. So the cooking and the, the cleaning and the, the mornings where you have to you know, find your own clothing and get out the door. A lot of that stuff I had to do on my own. Uh, my mother did the best she could with what she had and the resources that she had, but she was pulled away late at night to go do the, the worldly things, mm -hmm. you know, the, the drugs and the alcohols and those sort of things. Her, and I would say probably her escape. That was her escape, for sure. That was her escape, for sure. You know, uh, I'm sure I wasn't the, you know, like most children, probably not the easiest boy. Uh, <laughs> I have a son, so I'm going to leave that statement alone. Yeah, yeah, I have a son who's here as well. <laughs> yes, he and, is. Uh, you know, so I understand rebell rebellious young people. Sure. Um, and being with the boys' choir, you know, that's what I work with all day long. So, so you know, you we talked about structure and we talked about the not so ideal situations. Mm -hmm. How did this make you feel as a kid with confidence? Because now you're being asked to stand in front of a bunch of strangers to be a part of a choir. Yeah, that's, um, I, I will tell you that that's one thing that I haven't put my finger on. It's oh. like, where did that motivation to be successful, mm -hmm. where did that, that, uh, that idea of finding a greater life, mm -hmm. right, outside of the projects where I grew up, mm -hmm. um, I, I'll say that my family, uh, my biological family, uh, immediate family, are all um, church musicians. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in the church um, and still go to the same church and, uh, on 14th Street and Jefferson, which is uh, Pilgrim Rest Baptist Church. And so being in the church, you have a, a wonderful support system of people. You see, you see uh, a, a lot of... Um, positive energy, you feel the positive energy, and I think I've always been uh, attracted to that, mm -hmm. um, especially coming from so much negative uh, background and, and history. And so all of my family were church musicians, so that would, I would watch them work and watch them, how they were at the piano and drums, and want to be like that, want to emulate that, right? And so one thing that I could do really well was sing. Mm. That was the one thing. I, I knew that I, I had a, a, an act for that, uh, a, a, a talent, and wanted to go out and hopefully share that, that gift with the world. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so singing has always provided another avenue to do something greater. Always. Music has always been that escape for me, that moment um, where I feel the most secure and the most confident mm -hmm. and, and my way of expressing um, how I feel about what's happening in my world mm -hmm. and how to get it from here out into the world. Um, and so I think that was, just music has just been that wonderful thing for me. I don't have the gift of singing and if you did hear me you wouldn't like that either. But <laughs> we all think we have a talent and singing is something that is very um, unique for some people mm -hmm. to have. Um, it has a message in it. It does. You have the talent of delivering the message of the songs, but then those of us who cannot sing, and I'll admit that, um, is the message I'm receiving that touches my heart, touches my soul, or perhaps it'll bring some memories up also. For sure. Connecting us with people, connecting us with our emotions, connecting us with maybe a loved one that's no longer mm -hmm. here, or a memory as a kid. I mean, the list goes on. Music is a very beautiful thing. Now, there's different types of music that touch everyone's soul and spirit and, and life differently, differently yes. but they still touch you for whatever that journey is that's in your life. Mm -hmm. And even as we get older, 
our, our interest and our um, appreciation for music changes too. That is right. And um, even today, whenever, uh, you know, whenever I'm teaching music to these, especially these young boys, mm -hmm. we always start with the text. The text informs us, informs us of how the music needs to be sung, mm -hmm. how to connect it to our own lives so we mm -hmm. are greater for the audience. That comes with a heavy heart. You know, when they come to our concerts, you never know what issues they face in a day, mm -hmm. right? And our focus is making sure that we take that text and we take that message and we get out of the way of the music so we can let the, the music and the, the song, the, the pitches, sing for themselves and speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where I start with everything that we do because even when I was a boy, the text has always drawn me in. It, either it was spiritual, sacred, or, or secular text. I just love words. Mm. Uh, um, I'm not a poet, so okay. I can't write it. Uh, I'm not compositionally gifted that way. But I love to take words and take music and pair those two worlds together mm. and really touch hearts um, and impact, hopefully, impact many, many people who come to our concerts or who hear us sing. Um, and I'm, I was the same way, you know, I think that I was impacted greatly by the music that we performed. Uh, being able to travel across the world, you know, went to, my first tour was to Japan, Philippines, and Hawaii when I was nine and 10. Wow. And coming from South Phoenix or even West Phoenix, you know, uh, from low in socioeconomic income situations, and then going off and seeing the world, you have a greater appreciation for cultural uh, differences and uh, for people, mm -hmm. just in general. And we all speak the same language, but differently, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. it's, so it's that universal message. Um, and so having a greater, just wonderful appreciation of, of how the world is and how other people live, mm -hmm. uh, that cultural awareness changes you. Mm -hmm. um, and it changed the trajectory of my life for sure. Well, and as this is titled Stories of Hope, mm -hmm. somebody has gone through something, but they found that positive, as you keep mentioning, right. the positive, or here there's, there's the story in the song. Mm -hmm. There's movies where people have shared their story and it's a movie that touches people. And not every movie is going to touch everybody because they're not in that same journey to hear that same message. Right. Just like the text you can we keep referring to as far as the music goes. There's a story in the music. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and I haven't gone to any opera, uh, opera, which is my favorite, but operas, uh -huh. <laughs> um, where there's also a story being sung without understanding the clarity of the words like we do when we're speaking because it's in a different, I don't know, mm -hmm. rhythm or a different text, I suppose. Um, and that's the beauty of it. Now, what is your role with the Phoenix Choir? Are you a conductor? So I am the artistic director. Okay. So I conduct, uh, I oversee the program mm -hmm. um, and making sure that one, the curriculum is set uh, for these young, young boys who are gonna go off in the world and mm -hmm. hopefully be musicians, but they'll have an incredible great appreciation for the arts. Mm -hmm. And that's my main focus. Um, but I also conduct uh, the choirs as well and, and make sure that they're ready and excellent for the audiences. Um, but they have to put, and I'm an, also an alumnus of the choir, 
And so this has come full circle for me. Mm -hmm. um, I've been around since I was nine mm -hmm. and uh, went off to get my uh, bachelor's degree in fine arts and music at St. Old College in the North, Northfield in the cold country okay. of life in Minnesota. Okay. And then came back and worked for the boys choir and studied under Georg Stangelberger, who is uh, connected to the Vienna boys choir tradition, okay. which is, uh, you know, that's kind of our model. You know, every everyone has, uh, especially in the boys' choir, is modeled after uh, the European mm -hmm. tradition, and so my role is to bring more of an eclectic style of music because I come from a, you know, a gospel background, and I just love music. Mm -hmm. You know, um, some people love choral music in terms of classical and, and studying the greats, the Beethovens, and the Mozarts of the world, but I think there is great. There's a great gem in all styles of music. Mm -hmm. We have to appreciate it, find it, and appreciate mm -hmm. it, um, and, f and understand how that can connect to our own world. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we talk about music of the boys' choir, we are uh, a well-balanced uh, organization. We're focused on um, from you know, R&B to hip-hop to pop music to, to Mozart and to Beethoven and to the classics to Gregorian chant. We're all over the map. So I'll bring you back for just a minute mm -hmm. in regards to the introduction. Yes. Because that was tough, being a little boy. Yeah. Um, and the structure we thought and the mentorship that we thought as our parents we were hoping that would give us. Bring you back there. Were there times where you just thought, I don't know what this is all about, and to see you not even see where you can get out of it to where you are successful yeah. in something that someone saw the gift in you. Well, there were many times where um, I, I, I think that as a boy, you don't know if you're going to get out of this situation, okay. right? And that is um, those, those desperate times where you're trying to figure out the next move. Mm -hmm. Now. Um, many people can take several avenues. You could join a gang and find that family in that, or you can find family in other places. Mm -hmm. So family for me was in boys' choir, but it didn't start there. Mm -hmm. um, I did have friends who were in gangs, and you know, I remember used to doing horrible things like throwing you know, fruit at doors at late at night and throwing bricks on freeways and doing things oh. that would get you arrested. Yeah. Right? And there was one, one moment where we were on a freeway and we were throwing rocks at a car. And I've been hit with rocks in my windshield. Okay, it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> but uh, doing those kind of rebellious things where they have m major consequences. Mm -hmm. And so I remember walking down an alley with my friends after doing this horrible deed and um, a car comes flying down right behind us and chasing us and a friend goes left and a friend goes right and I'm the fool that's still running down the middle and the car almost like runs me over and I stop and these two guys, uh, two Mexican guys with these teardrop and tattoos oh, no. grabbed me and threw me on the hood and was like, you know, of course using profanity and saying, don't you ever, you know, throw rocks, rocks at my car again or anything like that. And you know, that, that taught me two things. One, um, you know, obviously you shouldn't be doing that sort of thing, but where were my friends? The people that were supposed to be with me, right? So it, it taught me to maybe look elsewhere for people who I can uh, rely on mm -hmm. and believe in. Mm -hmm. And so that was, you know, I have those eye-opening experiences. And, and I think um, growing up, Christine, I will say that 
One thing that I've always had an issue with is abandonment. Um, my mother dealing with paranoid schizophrenia and then eventually going to jail. Um, and that story was uh, I, I went to, went to uh, school one day with my friend Alfaro and I came home uh, back to the projects where we lived and there were police cars everywhere. And it's a scene out of a movie where your mother is getting put into a back of a police car. You're nine, you're seven, eight years old and you're chasing the car and in slow motion, and, slow motion oh. and the hand, you know, hand goes on the, the window and your mom puts her hand on the window and the car drives away and the police is pulling you back because you're trying to chase the car. Yeah. Same exa exactly like that. Wow. And so the story was that my mother was sitting on her porch drinking her coffee as she usually does and a, a, a family, a guy and a, and a woman, a male and a female were walking across the street. And they were looking over at my mom and um, whenever someone does that, my mom thinks automatically that they're talking about her. Sure. So my mom takes her mug of coffee, throws it across the street and it, 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 hits, it hits the lady. But what, what happened was the lady was holding a baby in her hand. Oh, no. So the mug hit the lady, hit the baby and the lady called the police and pressed charges right away. Right. And so my mother was, uh, when I got there, she was being carted off to jail. Okay. I was then sent immediately to foster care. Now foster care is one of the worst places I would say for any child because it's um, one, you're scared, um, it, it's dark and dreary, you go into a place where it's full of other kids, it's dark, you have other bunk beds and you're just supposed to, just like jail, just, just find a spot and that's where you are. Now you have um, no resources for many people who do this kind of work and take in a bunch of children you don't get a lot of resources from the government mm -hmm. and so you're doing the best you can and so you're not well attended to you are usually on your own trying to um, either um, meet other kids that are there or you just want to be left alone because you're just angry. Mm -hmm. I was the latter. I was just angry and want to be left alone in a dark room and didn't want to speak to anybody. And I think that anger, that animosity just grew. Um, I was there for about, about six to eight months and then my aunt came to pick me up uh, out of the foster care. That's a long time. It's a, it's a terribly long time. Oh wow. Um, and that really did a number, I think, on my psyche mm -hmm. and my sanity and just um, my belief in humanity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, thinking I'll never see my mother again. She's in jail. She's dealing with her own issues. Mm -hmm. And so my aunt came to pick me up and life seemed to be better because mm -hmm. I finally have family. Somebody uh, you know. Someone I know. Security. Right? Yeah. You, that's what you think, right? Uh-oh. And... Uh, so the issue, and I had cousins, and we grew up together. We were just like really tight-knit family. But the issue was my uncle. My uncle was the type who were doing some of the similar things where he was also dealing, dealing with drugs, drug abuse, and maybe even alcoholism. Up to no good. And up to no good. Mm -hmm. And my aunt was the, 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 the God-fearing woman where we would have to go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, Bible study. You know, so I was in church quite a bit, Christine. And when we weren't in church, we had church. We would lit, light candles in around our room, in the living room and we would all kneel down and have church in at home. <laughs> so she was serious. Yeah, absolutely. Church was serious, and that's a whole nother story. Sure. Um, 
but my uncle just was having some issues and I remember when I was about 14 and I was well invested in the Phoenix Boys Choir at this point. Um, I was meet, I met my, uh, I'm gonna backtrack because when I was in the Phoenix Boys Choir, I met Judy Van Boning, who was the nurse of the Phoenix Boys Choir for 20 years. And um, at the time was Dr. Harvey K. Smith and Dr. Lincoln, they were the founders of the Phoenix Boys Choir at that moment. Okay. Okay, so that was my first director. Sure. Right, and Tom Jones, first directors. And the nurse, I was befriending her children, her two boys. And one was in the boys' choir, one was not. And so the, the boy that was not, he would come to every rehearsal, uh, every concert, and I befriended him. So my escape was, when I was at home with my aunt, I would say, well, can I go over to Brandon's house and go to Judy's house? And that was one of some of the first times where I saw a st stable family, mm -hmm. where there's food on a table, there's a pool in the backyard, there's there's uh, a everything that you didn't everything, have. all the resources that I did not have, right? Oh. And so, um, when I was about fourteen or so, I got kicked out of the house by my uncle. It was late at night, about midnight, and he kicked me out because I forgot to do the dishes. Mm. And so he picked me up. I had no shoes. He picked me up and tossed me out of the house late at night, and I'm banging on the door. Nobody wants to open it. And my aunt didn't have the, at the time, the, the, the power mm -hmm. to combat what he was doing, mm -hmm. right? So my first thing was I went to the next door's neighbor. I called Judy and I said, can you come pick me up, please? This is what's happened. She said, no problem. Picked me up and I never went back. Oh, really? That became my mother. So she went through, when I was 18 and 17, 18, um, she went through the, the, the formal process of ad adoption, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. So that was like my second, <laughs> disbandonment, if you will. Oh, no. And that changed everything for me because I went to a new school, new high school. I met my high school director who was a, a member of the St. Olaf Choir in Minnesota. And so he said, you should think about going to Minnesota for school. And I didn't, I didn't even think about high school. You know, what was I gonna do in life? I wasn't even thinking about We're still trying to figure that out sometimes right. as adults. <laughs> right, and so, that set me to Minnesota, okay. um, and that set me down the trajectory of maybe possibly being a conductor, because I actually went to Minnesota to play basketball. Okay, um, at your height, no pun intended, because you said you yeah, were short. Yeah, but I was, I was, I, I could dunk, I could jump, I could okay. do those things. Because I can't do anything. I thought I was going to be the next Phoenix Suns, like a Spud <laughs> Webb or Muggsy Bogues. I was short, but I can do those things. Nice. So I thought that's where I was headed, but I got a little taste of conducting while I was totally there. Totally different. And. When you get in front of a, a bunch of young people who actually listen to what you're asking them to do, and when you do it together, mm -hmm. and you go through this idea of trying to create one sound together as a family. Mm, the unity. The unity. I love that. That is what I've been searching for my whole life, Christine. I think a lot of right? us are when we've had some things happen. Exactly. I love that you said that. I've never heard someone say that. I love that. And so now doing this work, in every capacity, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a group of people that believes in the in the process mm -hmm. and believes that we have to do this work together. Absolutely. And not only as a team, but as a tightened family. Mm -hmm. And that's what choir has been for me mm -hmm. from, from day one. The, it's been filling the void mm -hmm. slowly but surely and giving me that hope that there is um, that I can do the great work for my family that I did not have, mm -hmm. but I can also do this work for other people 
who may not have this this idea of family at the home voice. and that voice giving them that oh, voice wow. yeah. yeah you've walked out you don't even have to ask these young men or any of them that are a part of the choir what's your story you walk through your story understanding that there might be someone else that's here not telling you and so you're that voice to help right. them be a better and more beautiful voice well i hope i'm i mean you know really i'm the product of the public school system here in arizona mm -hmm. I'm the product of the Phoenix Boys Choir, mm -hmm. and to face as much ad adversity as I faced in my lifetime, Sorry. and to be standing in front of them, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you know, you. it's a blessing, mm -hmm. and I want them to not uh, to see that and to be a constant reminder for them that whatever you're facing, you can overcome it, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. um, daily. Mm -hmm. um, because there are some people that just feel like this is the end all for me. There is no. There's no positive, uh, there's no positiveness in my life and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And that's not true. You know, there's so much, so many people that want to support. There, there's been plenty of angels in my lifetime, right, that have stepped in and I would not be here for all of those people who have just like every time, every time I feel like I'm at the end of my, my rope here, someone else comes in and open, helps me open to another door. To remind you, yeah. And just a great reminder. I love that. Yeah. And then connecting with people as we have with the people that we know didn't even ever meet you in that it, time frame until now it all comes together. It all comes full circle. Yes, it does. So I, I try not to force things. I just know that through collaboration, through communicate, uh, through community, yes. that's how we do the great work, yes. right? This is not a, a, a one a one man band. This no. is a village, no. and we must do this work together. Because um, we're all sharing the same story. We are. Same idea. Different times, but we all have the same needs, just yes. fighting it in different places mm -hmm. at different times. So I have one final question. Yes, ma'am. This is a question that if I only had one question I could ask to know anything about you, it would be this question. What message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of life? I think my message would be to anyone out there is that if you are struggling internally or physically, um, always to reach out to someone because you have a plethora of people, even though it doesn't seem that way, you have a plethora of people who are just around the corner um, are waiting for your ask, a simple ask. Um, and to, to know that there is light, that there is hope, that there's people that um, that are angels and that want to do great things in this world and want to do it with you um, because your uh, today is not the end of your day. Um, tomorrow is a greater day. The next moment is greater. And so to see, keep um, reaching out to people and to know that through any adversity, any challenge in this lifetime, you will overcome it, but it has to be with others because we're, 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 we're greater in numbers. Um, and that's how we do the great work that we do together. Well, that's what I would say. I like that. Is that, you know, that's what saved me. Mm -hmm. um, and the Phoenix Boys Choir, I say it all the time, that is what's really saved me because I could be in jail or dead in a ditch somewhere. And so that is what has changed the trajectory of my life. My guest prior to you was talking about um, moms. Mm -hmm. And without moms, you know, whatever and whoever raised you without them, yeah, and, and you know, I, I always look back and say that my mother, Renee, who was my biological mother dealing with schizophrenia, mm -hmm. I commend her. She's done the, she's did the greatest she could at, mm -hmm. with what she had at that time. And um, 
I can see the hurt in the battle of wanting to be better, wanting to do greater things, but it's a disease. You just can't overcome that. And I've had to, I've struggled with that a lot in my lifetime, and I've had to just understand that I had to let go and just understand what she had to deal with. And now as a, as a parent, I understand how hard it is. Right, right. So she <laughs> right? did a good job with she did what, a great job. the best that best she, could, she could, and you worked through it, and then you had other and then my mother, figures. Judy Van Boning, yes. who really changed uh, quite a bit for me. Um, and she's still here today, and we you know, talk all the time, and she's my biggest fan, my biggest advocate for what I'm doing today. And uh, she loves me unconditionally like one of her own, and I, and I love that. I can't thank her enough. Thanks to that, Mom. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Uh, <laughs> I can't thank her enough for everything That's she's right. done for me. So. And then I will get on the schedule of being able to see some of these um, performances and maybe she's there I'll get to meet this person you've talked about yeah she's at every every concert you know okay. um, and these are professional young men mm -hmm. uh, in the valley who are gentlemen and lights of this world who are gonna go off and do incredible things and so I hope you get to see them I will they are pretty I already phenomenal. told our common friend that good, I will good. it's yes I they will. are phenomenal thank you again for being my guest sharing your story and how success and we say the magic of music got you where you are today well, thank you very much for having me here, Christine. This is a, a beautiful thing that you're doing in the, in the world. I like doing what I'm doing, and some people would think it's a challenge, and I like challenges, but it also keeps me grounded mm -hmm. and makes me even that more grateful that even though I have my journey that I walk, I will stick with mine and learn from other people. Well, we all, I love stories. Yeah. And I love to hear about the people's journey. It's not only my own, but I think that makes us stronger understanding how other people have lived mm -hmm. and what they've had to overcome mm -hmm. and puts our own lives in perspective Absolutely, as well, it does. right? Yes. Sometimes, so thank you very much. Yes, and on the bottom of the screen, the information has been provided for anyone to want to know more about the boys choir as well as any concerts and stuff that will come about, I'm certain. Well, please, and if you know any boys that are great for us, seven to, seven to 14, send them our way. Here we are. Yeah, great. Another generation of, of talent. Yes. And storytellers through music. Oh my goodness, thank you again. Thank you for having me. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, you can also email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. And be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to catch the next story of hope. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well, and you take care.